Are you looking to get an edge in life but haven't been able to figure it out? Welcome to 10 to Win, the podcast hosted by Kevin Steidel and Jason Cullum. Give us 10 minutes of your time and we'll show you how to create a winning mindset. Welcome back to 10 to Win, the podcast, the podcast focusing on how to create a winning mindset in 10 minutes and to continue our non-traditional use of our episodes this week. What do we got, Kevin? We had a great guest on this week, everyone, Ross Jackson. We invited Ross on to talk about philosophy, philosophy of life, philosophy of winning, and it went so well, we ended up talking about all the material that Jason and I had created on philosophy. So what we did was we combined the interview into our regular parts. So part one, part two, and part three are all going to be interviews with Ross. Today is part two, where we cover life advice, definition of success, and the philosophy of the successful. Let's get it started. So I've got a very long-winded question for you, Ross. So I really like where this is going. So you write your personal mission statement down, right? If I had to guess, a lot of people's mission statement would include these like tangible things. Like if my short-term goal is to get promoted at work and then, or my my long-term goal is to have X amount of dollars by this age so that I can do X, Y, Z, right? Buy a house, retire, get a better car, right? This is driven by societal norms in a lot of instances. It's not really by the philosophy of life. Like the way you just described what Wyke said is amazing to see someone's brain operate at that level, I think is just so cool. I mean, what do you tell the listeners who are, yeah, my, my goal is to get a promotion at work so that I can make more money and then I can buy a house and then I can get a better car. And then in 40 years I can retire. And you know, is that the, is that a winning mindset or is that just, you're just take going through the motions of life to, cause you think that's what you're supposed to do. Right. What's the difference? <laughs> so so I, I'll start with, the, you know, there's clearly nothing wrong with having what I would consider those to be largely short-term goals of, of things that people want. There, You know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I'll, I'll share sort of two basic elements of my life philosophy to sort of show the distinction between what a life philosophy is versus what those goals are. So, you know, to me, two, two things that are central to my life philosophy is, does this enhance freedom? Does it enhance my personal freedom? And does it enhance the freedom of all people? So um, I, I tend to take a, a view similar to uh, Jean-Paul Sartre and Simone de Beauvoir that, that basically says that in order for one person to be free, we all have to be free. So, you know, one of my life philosophies is, does this enhance freedom? The, the other component is um, to, to question all, all presuppositions, right? E everything should be interrogated. Everything that is presented as a good should be interrogated in, into whether or not I actually think it's good. So, you know, for instance, 
um, getting a new car. There's nothing inherently good or bad about getting a new car. Does getting a new car enhance freedom? Well, it, it could if, if it's what the means that you're going to travel, um, but it could constrict freedom if you're rattled with debt, right? So, you know, the, 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 the key question is to, once you've established what are the key elements of my life philosophy, then to really look at the goals and say, in, in what way does the fulfillment of this goal help or hinder the fulfillment of my life philosophy? And there's no easy answer to that, right? I mean, the same buying a car, not buying a car, any action could either be in or out of that, depending on the individual circumstances. Right. So let me ask you this, Ross, you, we've been friends for a few years now, and you have always talked like this. Anytime you, you've been given the chance to, to talk about philosophy and, and really bring it up, you, you've done a great job of fitting it into varying conversations that we've had. And I love that. Let me ask you this. How long has your life philosophy been you know, does this enhance my freedom? Is this been a thing that Ross Jackson was doing when he was 14 years old? Or did it start when you were 35 and you were like, you know what, I got to get some more freedom in my life. <laughs> so, um, so I will say, and, and I mean, this ties back to the car. I, I would say that this is probably close to where I was at when I was 16. Wow. Hmm. Wow. That's so, good. so, yeah. Um, I mean, I can tell a, a humorous story about my uh, history it. teacher. Please do. That, yeah. So, um, so I have an older brother. Um, he would be involved in all sorts of school activities. I wasn't involved in anything, um, but I had two choices. I could go into school early when he was going to everything he had to do, or I could ride the bus. So I, I would go in early. Uh, and I was in my first period class and there was a rather gruff history teacher that was my first period class. And I was looking out a window, smiling, and, and literally the, the history teacher said, you know, Fright Jackson, every morning you come in here and you seem happy. What's your secret? And without thinking, without, without any motive, I just said, well, every day is Friday when you don't give a shit. And I, I, I looked at him, I looked at him and he was stunned. And I'm sure my look was, oh my gosh, he's going to kill me. And his look was, <laughs> I should probably kill him. And he just laughed and he goes, fair enough. So, yeah. That's awesome. you know, I, That's I would say good. somewhere around 16, this was my life philosophy. There you go. I love it. No, that's, that's gosh, that is. I mean, you, you've stuck with this for so long that I don't believe that the average 16 year old is thinking the way that you probably were thinking. Right. But more or less, as you get older, I think there's something there about trying to establish what's important to you. I mean, I imagine that many of your decisions are based on these two things that you talked about. Does it enhance my freedom? And the conversation here is is really cool because we can tie in a bunch of different things with what you've kind of already gone down, Ross. So let me, let me pivot here and talk about the philosophy of winning. Kevin and I have talked at length on this podcast about winning. Of course, that's what it's about. Okay. About teams. We've done a lot of sports analogies because we're huge into that. And I think 
what everyone is trying to do is to get an edge in life. Okay. And, and maybe that's in your personal life, but obviously you try and see it all the time in sports. You know, how does coach Belichick get the edge on everyone else or coach Nick Saban get the edge on everyone else? What are they doing differently? And so in very generic terms here, and then we'll break this down a little bit, Ross is what is your philosophy on winning? So um, so this is a very dated uh, analogy, but in, in the 1980s, there was a movie called War Games with Matthew Broderick. And, you know, it's kind of timely given all the advances in AI. But at, at the beginning of the, the game, the computer wanted to play tic-tac-toe. Um, we all play tic-tac-toe. And once somebody gets proficient at tic-tac-toe, there's really only two outcomes. Uh, the, the outcome is a tie game. Or there's an outcome where you win, but you win mostly because the other person made a mistake. So the, the winning isn't really a reflection that you're any good. It just is somebody made a careless mistake and you, you <laughs> right. won as a response. Sure. So then the, the, the other part of the, the movie is it, they keep wanting to play this game, thermonuclear war. The computer goes through all these simulations of Russia and the United States uh, going to nuclear war. And, and after, you know, thousands of iterations, the, the computer goes, interesting game. The only way to win is to not play. So, you know, to me, the, the notion of a winning mindset is nobody receives any satisfaction winning when, when they win due to the errors of others. And many people are playing games that the only way to win is to not play. So to, to me, the philosophy of a winning mindset is to make really certain that you're in a game that's worthy of winning and that the winning reflects that you have excellence. That's really good. I mean, let me let me so, break this down. So, oh, hold on, Jason. Let me yeah, ask you. go ahead. So, man. Ross, what, what's the philosophy of excellence then? Well, so, I mean, you know, there, there's a whole branch of a philosophy called aesthetics, which is, you know, what is the beautiful and and, and the notion of you know, what, what is excellence? And, and I think that excellence is when, when people are able to freely direct their best to something that they believe is worthy of their effort. There's a, there's a guy who travels around. He's a captain in the fire service out of, out of California. And he, routinely travels the United States and gives presentations about the big four and not to get too much into that, but he has created this excellence is my responsibility sign that many fire departments uh, post within the, the building and each employee will go and sign it. Like you're committing to this excellence is my responsibility and and i think kind of what you're you're saying there ross is that when you when you see something that is worthy of that then you're committing to that kind of life if you will and the interesting thing is i had a conversation with someone at work at the fire department not too long ago and there's always this comparison and and i i can compare with the guys that i work with our team, the guys I work with, with sports teams. It's very easy sometimes for me to compare those things. But the difference here is that those sports teams are trying to achieve a trophy. 
you know, a tangible thing at the end that they can hold up. We don't get that. And that's okay. But you have to realize that the more pressure we put on ourselves to be excellent, some people question it as to what am I getting out of this? And at the end of the day, it's about just being the best version of yourself. Do you agree with things like that, Ross? I mean, if I don't have a tangible trophy, that's okay. But I'm doing things in my life because it's meaningful. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I'll, I'll start with, so I was a semi-competitive swimmer. So in, in my early childhood, I, I uh, could swim quite well. I had hundreds of ribbons. Some of them were first place medals. Um, and, and about the same time, 16 driving, um, I had all of these ribbons and medals and it was like, why, why on earth am I keeping these? And I threw them all away. It was like, you know, I, I, all of the pride or satisfaction of, of having done that had, had been consumed and, and those trinkets meant absolutely nothing to me. Um, not that there's anything wrong with them out, out of the gate. They're, they certainly can be. But, but I will say, you know, the, the, the tragedy, and, and I, I use this word um, on purpose, the tragedy is, is that um, I, I've been in a place where the, the group of people around me working were committed and, and believed in excellence, and, and I thought it was a charade and absurd. And I eventually left because one, you know, I, I knew that I was wasting my uh, life in, in this environment where I wasn't equally committed to the outcome. But, but the tragic part was that my being there prevented somebody who could make the contribution. Yeah, and, sure. and I needed to get out of the way so that that team could get better and have the right person instead of the wrong person in the position. But only each individual can answer that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I could go to Tom over to my right and Jim over to my left and be like, Hey, are you committed? And at the surface they say yes, but deep down they're not, you know, and, and in the fire service, you kind of have this, this mindset of it's, it's, it's not a job. Okay. It's, it's, it's a lifestyle if you will, you know, a job is where you clock in at nine and you clock out at five and you get your paychecks every two weeks. But you know, this is a, is a commitment to a different life kind of thing. And you can sometimes see the difference between the people who are clocking in and clocking out and the people who are living it day to day. Right. Any, any job, any job that is a public trust, teachers, firefighters, law enforcement, healthcare, Right. There are there are positions that are public trust positions and and those require a dedication that is significantly different than uh, just making money. Sure. Yeah. I mean, totally agree with that. Okay, that's it for part two of our series titled Philosophy of Life. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast, rate and review our podcast as it helps get the podcast out to more listeners. We will be back and better than ever on Friday to continue this amazing interview with Ross Jackson. As always, if you're impacting or influencing one person a day, it is worth it. Everyone has 10 minutes to learn a winning mindset.
Thanks. Thanks for taking the time to create a winning mindset. Remember, we'll release a new episode every Monday. So be sure to start your week off right by listening to 10 to Win. Please subscribe, like, comment, and share our podcast. And remember, if you're impacting or influencing one person a day, it's worth it. Everyone has 10 minutes to create a winning mindset. Yeah. Yeah.